Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Joining me across the table here in our lovely downtown studios is uh, is a frequent guest that we like to have in the studio whenever possible, uh, a young Evan Grant. Everybody's young compared to you, Kevin. That is true. That is true. Also, um, that frequent guest joke, it's just... It's really not getting any traction. You know, it is with me, though. I like it. I like it. It's, it. It always feels good when I say that. And joining us on the line is a frequent guest and somebody we count on. He's our go-to guy for the NBA, for the Mavericks, Mr. Eddie Sefko. Eddie, how are you? You know, if you if I'm your go-to guy, you're probably headed for the lottery next, <laughs> next year. Yes, the lottery, which the Mavericks just enjoyed, and the Mavericks made the biggest splash of the draft by trading up from five to three to get their man Luka Doncic. So that was that was big news. Eddie, did you see that coming? Well, I, I didn't really see the move up to three coming. I know that's the guy they wanted. They've they've been on uh, on this guy's trail for. Oh shoot! Close to a year. They they they've been investing time and talent and and travel into the into the uh, scouting this guy and knowing everything about him and uh, and you know so but it doesn't take you know it doesn't take a genius to figure out that it. I mean, there's no guarantee on draft night that you're going to be able to push a, push the right button and get a team above you to say, oh yeah yeah we'll do that. I mean, Atlanta could have just as easily said no no we you know we, we're just going to draft there and. And uh, uh, take him either Doncic or, or if they wanted Trey Young, take him at three, and then you know probably Memphis uh, uh, scoops up Doncic at, at, at three. So I mean at four. So uh, it, it took some luck, but it also took some some uh, some savvy uh, savvy skills. They had to let the price drop a little bit early earlier in the week before the draft. Uh, uh, people were talking about having to give up Harrison Barnes and and the fifth pick to move up, and that that would have just been crazy. So uh, they 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 played cards close to their vest and held on, and, and sure enough, the price came down. Now let me ask you this about uh, uh, about the scouting of Luka Doncic, and you brought that up, and I think that's a great point. Um, you know, uh, I was reading uh, before the draft, and people were talking about. Uh, the Euros and, and what we know about them and how they play. And and, uh, and one of the things I read was talking about how NBA scouts, they get over there a couple of times maybe. Uh, do you have any idea how many times Donnie Nelson saw uh, him play? Well, I asked Donnie that about, and this was back uh, before the uh, Treviso uh, Euro camp, uh, you know, so I, 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 you know, before that he had said he'd been, overseas four times uh during the course of the year uh and i presume every one of those included at least one visit with with Doncic. you know either to see him talk to him get to know him say hi to his mom you know do whatever it does to schmooze uh uh as much as you can to, to get people uh you know realizing that you know it's never too early to say hey you're our guy we're going to figure out a way to get you uh, of course, it doesn't always work out, but this time it did. So yeah, they 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 and and it wasn't just Donnie, uh, Tony uh, Tony Ronzoni, uh, Alvitas, uh, uh, whose na- last name has way too many uh, consonants <laughs> for me to pronounce, uh, and, and a couple other guys. They all made trips over there, you know, and they, and they you know they weren't just scouting Doncic, but that was the key 
uh, obviously. I, you know, I think it's safe to say that that the no one knows these guys uh, as well as Donnie does. Wouldn't you say that in the NBA? Yeah, I don't know that the advantage is is is, is as stark as it used to be because. Uh, I mean, early on, Donnie was all over the, you know, with the Lithuanian team and all right. that, uh, and he was he was kind of a pioneer over in uh, over in Europe. But now the league is so uh, divested into, I mean, or, or invested, I should say, in in uh, European talent that uh, there's very few secrets over there. Now he does have some connections that go way back, and sometimes that works in his favor. So, uh, yeah, to your point, I think. He is uh, very well ingratiated over there and, and knows a lot of folks, and uh, that usually helps. Evan, did you want to say something? I was thinking about it. Go ahead. Well, I, I, as a most passive observer of the NBA, I, I you know I know that we have this this image of Donnie as a as a great scouter and evaluator of European talent and I think you know obviously that goes back to the to the acquisition of Dirk but I I do think I I agree with Eddie I I I think that that was a market the Mavs did a great job exploiting early on um but I you look around the league right now and and there's so many good European players contributing to so many teams and, and when was the last time the Mavericks got a significant well, they could have. That was my my point about that is that, that Donnie was the one who went to Mark and said, "Hey, my blank are on the table here. I want Giannis Antetokounmpo," and and Mark said no. Right. So so that would have been two. Uh, and on the uh, and first of all, you get you get the first one you get is going to be a Hall of Famer. If if Antetokounmpo keeps this up uh, at this at the level he's playing right now, he looks like a Hall of Famer. How many? How. How often did you practice saying Antetokounmpo? Yes, not Instead this morning. Of just Greek freak. No, because I well, think it's yeah, we, we probably call him his name. I mean, we just call him freak, and uh, <laughs> you know, or or Johnny. We call him Johnny because those of us who are close to him. So. Yeah, I like that. Very nice. So the the point is, is that that he picked out the the you know one of the two or three this best is like heroes. Like the Saturday ever. Night Live episode where Will Ferrell as George Bush was just pronouncing leaders of foreign countries <laughs> just because he had pronounced, he had practiced it. I, you know, I did practice it, but it was like last year. I thought I should know how to pronounce this guy's name. Okay. And I like saying it. You may move on. Uh, thank you. Uh, well, the, but the point is, is that, that, that Donnie found uh, the guy who's one of the two or three best Euros ever. You can make the case he's the best Euro ever in Dirk. Uh, that he, he he was sold on, on the Greek freak uh, and Mark didn't take him. And so when 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 Donnie is sold on a guy, and he's obviously sold on Doncic, I'm you know what I'm going to give him the give him the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to say that I think he knows what he's talking about because, uh, you know, Eddie, uh, you could you would certainly know this better than me. These were these three guys that we just we just mentioned, and you know, Dirk uh, Doncic and uh, the Greek Freak. Those are the three guys that that Donnie has really been sold on in in his time here with the Mavericks, isn't he? Of the Euros. Does Roddy uh, Bubois bring a bell to anybody? Well, I mean, Rod, you know, Roddy wasn't bad. Roddy was a, a if he went and got hurt so much, Roddy might have been something. Yeah, well, and let's put it this way: you only invested the twenty sixth pick in the draft in him, so it wasn't like you were, you know, fishing him out with the, the fourth or fifth pick of the draft. I mean, when you Absolutely. get a player at twenty six that puts up forty points as a rookie, like he did out in Golden State that that game, you know, you, you've you've probably done your homework and done your job correctly. Yeah. Uh, and and yes, Donnie. And there was another. Uh, well, he wasn't European, but another international guy that Donnie laid his uh, 
this uh, things on the line for her, and that uh, was Steve Nash. He said, "Listen, this guy's going to be great." Yeah. Uh, and and the ownership at the time listened to him, and uh, and and sure enough, he you know they it didn't work out completely in Dallas, but uh, he certainly helped put the franchise back on the map, and uh, and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame in a, in a, in a couple of months. So. Um, yeah, Donnie's track record with uh, with international players and in, in particular Europe. But you know, you go back to um, you know Wong Zhu Zhu and you yeah. know, guys. That, I mean, he's not afraid to take chances with guys that uh, you know some don't work out. Some of them turn out to be Pavel Podkolzin. Yeah, uh, and 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 so, uh, but he's he's done his work on on that front and. Uh, That's whose Wikipedia page I had up just next. <laughs> yeah, Pavel Podolkin. Yeah, we. Well, I think Eddie <laughs> got that better. I think. Yeah, but the point is, I, as you said, that that uh, you're going to hit and miss on players everywhere in the NBA in the draft right. and, and where you draft. And and I thought it was also pretty telling when I went back and looked uh, on draft night at uh, at the Mavericks draft. You know, we we give them a hard time about the guys they've missed on, but you know, when they have had a a high lottery pick. When they've had a top ten pick, I believe it was. Uh, I believe there's been seventeen top ten picks that they've had, or or they acquired the day of the draft, like Dirk and uh, like uh, uh, Doncic. That they that, that really there were only three busts in that whole bunch. Who were they? Oh, they were uh, Samaki Walker. Um, it was uh, you know you asked me this now. Well, Bill Garnett. Bill, Bill Garnett, Garnett was the first. I, I think there were four. Yeah, it was Bill Garnett, uh, Samaki Walker, Doug Smith, and um, there was one more. Uh, and they were was all Leon. I mean, um... uh, no, I, I know you're talking about. No, that uh, he. I don't think he was a top ten pick. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, so those, so basically, when they've had a high pick, they've done very well with them. You know, the, the rest of them, you you had uh, first of all, you had, twice they picked the best guy in the draft. They picked well, they ended up with the best guy in the draft, and that was Dirk, and that was Jason Kidd, who was the second pick of the draft uh, in '94. Uh, so uh, when they've had a high pick, they've done a good job. Uh, well, let's. It. I mean, I get your point, but let's let's not equate '94 with this. With this ownership group, or no, I'm not. I'm not saying. Office. I'm not saying that Doncic is going to be Jason Kidd. No, I'm just saying that, that. Although there's some similarities, apples to apples is this front office and 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 therefore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus you know, yeah, absolutely. What they did in the '80s and '90s, but they haven't had. Yeah, in the '80s and '90s, they had a lot of those type picks, Correct. right? They Randy had, White. Yeah, Randy White was the other one. Uh, they haven't had very many of those in this in this decade, and that's a tribute to the fact that they they've been winning a lot. Absolutely, you know absolutely. so. So you know it's it's uh, in, as we know in the NBA, if you're not picking up, if you're not picking really high, and sometimes even in a, you, you can be picking high, it won't do, it won't make any difference. There's just no players in the draft. There are a lot of players in this draft, or at least we think there are. So a year from now, we'll as as Eddie said before the show, we'll see if everybody still thinks that the, the general consensus is the Mavericks got the best guy in, in the draft, um, the guy that's most ready made, most ready to go. And the and a guy with a very high ceiling as well. Uh, my my point about him is I, I'm not sure if he will be. I'm not sure how well this goes with uh, last year's first round pick and Dennis Smith Jr. I, I'm not. 
sure how well he's going to be able to play without the ball. He likes the ball in his hands all the time. Uh, to me, if, if Doncic doesn't have the ball in his hand a lot of the time, then you, you kind of uh, you're not getting full value out of him. So it'll be interesting to me to see how this uh, how this uh, works out uh, between the two of them. Well, uh, you know, it, let's play. Let's put things in perspective here. This is a 24 win team. They need players. I don't care where they play. Get the best player out of the of the draft that you can possibly get. Throw him out there and, and, and build a talent base because clearly the, the, the talent wasn't good enough uh, these past two years. So it's uh, rebuilding is never easy. As, as Rick Carlisle has said many times, you're going to take hits, and, and by that he means a lot of losses. And uh, last year was not much fun for anybody. That doesn't mean the franchise didn't grow. I think it, it actually now is in better shape than it was a couple years ago. But uh, <laughs> they're still a long way away, and uh, I don't think the frequel Costas uh, and Tedacompo is, is going to be the answer either. So at least not immediately. So uh, they got to rely on Doncic, uh, maybe Jalen Brunson. He, I think he's a good player who's going to be, uh, you know, a, a rotation player for this team. And uh, then you know, and you got Dennis, and you got Harrison Barnes, and you go from there, and, and hopefully you can and continue to get a little closer to the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, did they also have uh, down in the in the D League? Do they have? Do they still have Boogie's brother down there? But I don't think they have any uh, rights to to him at this particular moment. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a uh, a, a free agent, uh, in you know. But uh, he's he's not an NBA level talent, but. I kind of think I see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the the idea is you're accumulating relatives uh, in the hopes that uh, one day one of these guys is going to show up. So let's get to the next big point here because they did not acquire a center in this draft, uh, a, a rebounder, a rim protector, uh, all the things that they really do need. They went out and got themselves a really nice. Uh, kind of a swing player and then they got themselves a classic point guard uh and i and i like both those picks but it didn't answer that uh, their most glaring need so what are their what are their uh, options in free agency what are their realistic options and what do you think they'll end up with well you know it's the old deal uh they're going to do what the mavericks always do they they shoot for the moon and probably end up settling for uh, a little piece a little sliver of the ozone um you know, I, I, you know, I think if you're going to go ahead and go for this thing, maybe you go out there and, and try to reel in DeMarcus Cousins and uh, take your chances that the Achilles is going to heal. He, he'll miss part of this season. Uh, he may not be back to being himself again for until 2019, 2020. Uh, but that's about the time when this team realistically expects to be, you know, knocking on the playoff door again. I don't think the playoffs are a, a realistic possibility this season. So, uh, you know, if, if you're aiming at two years from now and then want to be really good for years after that, maybe it makes some sense. Now, convincing him to come here, that's another another thing. You never know what – who knows? Maybe Rajon Rondo has been in his ear in New Orleans and said, listen, you don't want to play for that organization. And, and uh, all it takes is one uh, – drop of poison like that in, in the water to, to, to mess up things. So uh, it's, it's a calculated risk, and it's a long, it's, I, I think it's a long shot. 
but you got to go for it. I mean, you don't just because you haven't gotten these guys in the past doesn't mean you don't keep trying to get them. Can I ask you a question, Eddie, as a very uninformed no, person? No, 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 no question. I like that, Eddie. That was a good response. Um, no. I still don't get with an an owner like Mark Cuban, who apparently has been willing to put a support group, a support group, support infrastructure in place for this team um, and, and for the Mavericks' desires. Why have they shot for the moon and not been able to get anybody? You know, that's a question that everybody in, over there at Victory Plaza has asked at one point in time or another. Uh, you know, and I asked Dirk uh, about that uh, right after the season uh, when he was rehabbing from his uh, his uh, uh, foot surgery. And he said he, he had a great answer. He said, listen, uh, when you keep missing like this, it's, I think everybody has to look in the mirror uh, is it the city? Is it the owner? Is it Dirk? Is it, you know, too old or too young or, or not good enough? Or, you know, what? It, there's got to be a, a, a compilation of things that, that uh, you know, that are working against this this uh, franchise. I mean, we all know Texas, there's not, not, there's no state tax here. There's really no reason logistically that players wouldn't want to play here. It's a pretty big market. Uh, lots of opportunities off the court. I mean, it, there there are so many things going for it. So why hasn't it happened? Well, you know, it, I think part of it is the Mavericks were really good back before this idea of uh, super teams came into vogue. I mean, they 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 had a great team from 2002 to 2010 or 12. So in that time. Uh, you know, they felt like they had the, the makings of a, of a championship team. And uh, I think, but back then, the, the, the big free agents didn't seem like they, oh, let's bond together, let's all get together and go to Dallas and, and we'll go with Dirk and we'll, we'll win bunches of championships. That started with LeBron in Miami with Chris Bosh and drawing Wade. And by then, the Mavericks, now they did squeak out a championship there. And that's uh, that was, you know, a, a great credit to the, them, that team and that organization. But, after that, they were not a destination place where players said, hey, I can go there and we, we can just build a team real quick and win a championship, boom, boom, boom. Because Dirk was getting older, Jason Kidd was really old, and uh, it just wasn't going to happen. So the, their timing was off just a little bit. And I think that had something to do with it. Well, I think that's everything. I think the fact that, that Dirk was so obviously over uh, his, his prime – that uh, the, the free agents looked at it like, why would I tie myself to this team with where the other player is not an up-and-comer up anymore? And, and, and you know, Dirk's a different cat to play with. You know, he presents a different – now, that's a little different now in the NBA and in the last couple of years. But, you know, he was not a prototypical power forward. And so, you know, I, I think the other teams looked at that too. It's like you got to do certain things. There has to be a, a certain fit here to make this all work. I think that's less so now, Dirk in his prime – would have been a, a great player on, on the Golden State teams. He was a great player here, obviously, but it, it required you to do different things with him. So, so Eddie, we didn't, we got to get to these names before you get to your chat. Who who you got? Uh, who who besides after Boogie? If they can't get him or a Clint Capella, um, who, who's who's next in line? Well, I I, I got to be honest with you, it's not going to be the sexiest name that that people are going to want to hear. But I love Aaron Gordon. I think he would be terrific. Uh, and, and again, he's a free, he's restricted, so uh, you'd have to fight the, the, the you know the 
possibility that Orlando would re, would match any offer you throw at him. Uh, but there are ways, as Mavericks have shown in the, in the last couple of years, that you can get around that. They did it with Chandler Parsons. They did it with Harrison Barnes. So, uh, you know, it depends on how other chips fall. Uh, everything's going to hinge on LeBron. He, he's the first domino. What, what he decides is going to impact dozens of other uh, free agents, uh, not just three or four or five guys, dozens, because they're all going to start scrambling. And after he picks and chooses his team, and let's face it, that's what he's going to do, uh, wherever it may be, probably the Lakers, then, uh, you know, all the other guys are going to fall in line. Uh, Kevin Durant will stay in, in, in Golden State, and then it goes down to, to, to Cousins and, and uh, Paul George and, and all the other guys that, that, are, that are there. Uh, I love Julius Randle. Uh, I don't know if he'll be a casualty out in uh, L.A. if LeBron puts something together with the Lakers. They may have to jettison him. Uh, if you have to take on Luol Deng's disgustingly bad contract, uh, maybe you do that uh, to get the 23-year-old big man that you're looking for. Uh, and I think Julius Randle's a great player. He's going to be a great player for a long time. So those are the guys that they're, they're looking at. I mean, everybody knows I'm a big Capella fan, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, please, no, do not bring back DeAndre Jordan. Uh, you know, once he's you know, pitchfork to this franchise once. Don't let him do it again. Uh, the other guys uh, are kind of, eh, you know, the Ennis Canners of the world, Brooke Lopez. Greg Monroe is still young enough and uh, has a little bit of an upside, but, but you know, he, he's kind of leveled out in his game. So there are lots of names out there. I don't think they're going to have trouble finding somebody. Uh, it just may not be the exact fit that they're looking for. But, man, if I could get Gordon or, or Julius Randle or one of those guys, man, I'd jump all over it. Wouldn't you? Because uh, that's an interesting point to me about. Uh, do you think that Dwight Powell gives you enough that putting your your eggs in the basket of Julius Randle? I, I really love the idea of Randle because of what he brings to the table, scoring and rebounding. Uh, that that's something they haven't had, you know, since Dirk at that position since Dirk in his prime. Um. I'm sorry. What was what was your question? <laughs> wouldn't you rather? Wouldn't wouldn't you think? Uh, I, I, if I'm going to go out, you know, I would rather have Julius Randle than Clint Capella. I think. I just think that. I, I know. What I'm saying I wouldn't want Capella. I think he's a good player. I'm just saying that I think they can get enough out of the center position, out of what they have, uh, if if they were able to add a guy like Randle. Well, I think Randle's can can give can be your uh, 18 and 10 guy uh, for sure. Uh, that's basically what he was the last half of this past season, and he's only, I think, 23. Uh, I, I'm not even sure he's, he's either 22 or 23. And anyway, he's young enough, and he's going to have a great future. And yes, if, if you can find a way to do it and get him here, take him. He's going to he's going to keep stretching his game out. He can already knock down a three pointer once in a while, so uh, that would be good for for uh, for Rick Carlisle's uh, system and all that. So. Uh, I'm yes. You don't have to sell me on Randall. I'm a big fan, uh, but it's you know it takes two to tango in this thing, and and I, I'm I'm not sure uh, you know if 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 uh, LeBron does end up in L.A. You know would he go out there and say, listen, maybe the guy that we need to be my sidekick is already here. Maybe Julius Randall is that guy, and you bring in if if you can somehow bring in. 
Paul George with him, great. That's even better. But uh, I, you know, if I'm the Lakers, now you do anything to get LeBron, right? Anything. Right. But I'd find a way to keep him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he's. I, I think that you know the the great thing about Julius is that uh, uh, obviously the numbers he puts up in the at such a young age. And there's there, you get an idea that he would like to to, to come back home, don't you? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, I think there's some some sentiment there that he would like to to, to play here. And I, you know, sometimes guys don't want to come back home. There's you know the Chris Bosh didn't family, want to. You know, yeah, exactly. So uh, I mean, so there are different kind of guys or diff, do things differently. So well, why don't you rip uh, on Chris Bosh a little bit? I, did I rip on him? I yes. just said he didn't want to come back home. You just basically said he hates Dallas. Oh, I said he did not want to come back home, and he did not. That is the truth. And you know what? I I think that's such an overplayed card. Everybody always wants to say, oh, the guy's from here. He he, he wants to come back and play here. No, you know. The, the, I, the most overplayed card is the lack of state income tax. Uh, the second is guys coming home. Yeah, it is. But in, but in Julius's chase, case, it seems to be true. Uh, you know, I don't know that Darren Williams really wanted to come back here that much. You know, uh, I, I think that, you know, the, the thing about that is sometimes the guys don't want to come back because, oh, my gosh, I go back home and now, I, you know, I got to I got to take care of 50 people at every game Correct. who want tickets that, you know. They, yeah, it's they, just I mean, when you're when you're playing at home and when you're playing in front of a lot of family, it's just it's the same thing. You've got when, when you can be. Some guys want that and want that connection to family and friends and their network, and other guys want to be focused on their their craft, whether it's basketball or baseball, and don't want that same kind of of um, uh, anchor to be tied to them. Well, and, plus, yeah. they can just they can do that anyway. I can live at home in the off season, and I can play someplace else. Well, it's, it's well, ten o'clock. And, and in, Go ahead. Eddie. Bear in mind that these bear in mind that these guys also, you know. You're going to be making a. You're going to hit the lottery. Right. We'll just hire somebody to do. Just hire somebody to do all that. For yeah, you, that's you a know? great point. That's right. a great point. Eddie's got to go do a chat. That's right. So for all our imaginary live listeners, now it's 10 a.m. and Eddie will be chatting on DallasNews.com. Eddie, uh, give, give some good answers. We appreciate you uh, coming on with us, man. It's good stuff as always. Oh, my pleasure, guys. All right, there he goes, Eddie. Eddie Sefko. Eddie's working very hard out there at the draft the other night. He and Brad Townsend putting together. I would just come along for the ride. You always are. Luxury liner, as uh, Steve Richardson once called me. Um, uh, I think that this, you know, it's interesting to me what the Mavericks are putting together here now. Uh, if they could if they could draw a free agent, now that's a big shot. If they, uh, Julius Randle's a big shot. Uh, Clint, I, I don't think they're going to get DeMarcus Cousins. And, frankly, I don't know if they should want DeMarcus Cousins. Um He's a little bit of a knucklehead. Here, here's what I'm going to say, and I know nothing about the NBA, yeah. uh, and I qualify that with every with every statement I make. But you obviously did a good job with Dennis Smith Jr. last year. Yeah. Um, all reports are that Doncic was the guy that the the Mavericks wanted, and a they, lot of teams wanted. They, yeah. they did a good job in in trading with the most relevant team in professional sports to get him. Wow. Um, this is an Atlanta boy. The uh, I, I still think that when you're looking at putting together a franchise in, in the NBA where you've got where you've really got to have kind of this triangular core almost, you yep. know, I, I think you're looking at, at at another year's worth of rebuilding. Oh, absolutely. And, and I also feel like, you know, I, I I hate to say this because even though I've never covered the guy, um, 
even though I've never really been around him. You know, I, I think Dirk Nowitzki has been the most down-to-earth, coolest professional sports athlete in the history of Dallas-Fort Worth. Yep. Um, but I think that that stigma of, you know, as long as Dirk is there, that the free agents, even if they're going to be the focus of the team, I think it's going to be hard to lure them because it's going to be considered Dirk's team regardless of his role. And so I think that once he does decide to step aside and, and the Dennis Smiths and, and the Doncic, Donchiches. Yeah, the, it's hard to say. Can we? Why don't I just call him Doncic? Or why don't you just call him Luca? How many Lucas do you know? Well, I know the one that was in the story. Uh, yeah. My name is Luca. <laughs> I live in the second story. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think you're going to draw that that kind of difference making free agent until that period happens. And and I think it you know for the Mavericks, for the Mavericks to build what amounts to in this era of NBA super teams, for them to be in 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 position to build that, I think they've got to add one more really young superstar type type piece that probably comes from another year's worth of lottery uh yeah i, I think they do and th- that's the one attractive thing about cousins and th- that sounds weird uh, he's coming off that achilles injury the problem yeah well i we, attractive things about cousins is not something uh, you ever want to hear but the deal is is that he You're uh, really stepping on all my lines yeah too. i know that i don't care about that one uh is that he um first of all sometimes guys don't come back from those Achilles injuries, they're, they're, never, they're never the same again. Wesley Matthews for the for the Mavericks has never he's been a very good player uh, and a very key piece in the locker room. He's a great leader and all that, but he is not the three and D guy he was before he got hurt, and uh, and and that and that's been two years now. So I would like to say this, and I I don't have necessarily empirical data to, to back it up, but I was there and covered the the game the night that Dominique Wilkins tore his Achilles. Was not the same player after he came. No, and there was a player who needed, you know, that Achilles and that explosiveness more than than anybody else. Yeah, and and so So, well, it's interesting. A guy like uh, Cousins too. The the thought is, is that okay? He's not as athletic, but he's he weighs two hundred seventy pounds. Does that make it even harder? Right. Then to to really be as as explosive as he has been. So um, yeah, but the the flip side of that is, is that. How good did you really want to be this year anyway? Don't you really want I mean, now, because of the trade with Atlanta, they gotta be in the top five. They gotta they if they if they win thirty six games, they're not gonna be in the top five anymore. And they're gonna lose the first pick. So that's the that's the issue with this team. And that was the issue with that trade, is that if it had been a top ten protected pick, well, that's that's a little better. And I would have even thrown them a veteran, you know, at that point. I wouldn't have thrown them Harrison Barnes, but somebody else. But a top you know, the, only the top five are protected. You're talking about them being really bad again, and I and I don't see that really happening. I don't see them being that bad as they were this year. I do think that uh, they have acquired some talent, and I think these guys are getting a little older and a little better. And you you were talking about getting another good piece. I I think I really do think Julius Randle could be that piece uh, for them if they were able to get him, just being 23 years old and putting up the kind of numbers he did last year. He's not. You know exactly what people are looking for now in the NBA. He's not really, as, as Eddie pointed out, a three-point guy. But uh, I thought it was interesting. I saw a stat on him the other day. Uh, over that span where he was a, was starting and playing for the Lakers, um, there were only four guys who averaged as many points, rebounds, and assists as he did. Only four in the NBA. So that that that's pretty impressive that he was able to do that. Um, and I and I think 
you know, that's this team needs firepower and it needs rebounding and it needs defense. Uh, and, that, and so they, they have not answered, even if they get Randall, they're still not answering the defense issue. Uh, and, and so, you know, you, you don't get everything. Uh, and that was why I was kind of uh, pointing for Mo Bamba in this draft. I thought he would answer a lot of that defensive, the defensive issues and the rebounding issues uh, in one pick. But I will say this. I do think that Doncic is the best I think he's the, he's going to be the best rookie simply because he's the most ready-made. Best rookie doesn't matter to me. No, it doesn't really matter. But it, but what I but I what I was going to follow that up with is that I think he probably has he's probably the closest bet to a sure thing. I think that there are obviously DeAndre Ayton is a huge guy and and uh, really athletic and and the you know he has a really high ceiling and and so do some of these other guys you know. For that, for that matter, Michael Porter might be the best player. You know, the Nuggets might have gotten the best player in this draft at fourteen, or the guy's going to be the best player, which which would be tremendous. Uh, and I listen. I for me, for me, my my belief where the Mavs are and and what it takes to to crawl out of that rebuild. Look, you were in a cycle where you were an elite team, and then you were trying to keep in the playoffs, and yeah. now you're in a rebuilding process. And there is no reason to think that if you can extend the window. Uh, of being an elite team the way the Mavericks did for really what a half dozen years? No, oh, more than that. That's okay, probably. And 10 then, years. and then, ten years in the playoffs, and I then believe. five years really worth of 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 just kind of churning, churning, and being into the being at the back end of the playoffs. Uh, there's no reason to think that you can you can rebuild a, an entire franchise for me in in, in two seasons, and and, and so. You know, if if you believe that Luka Doncic is the best player in the draft, then great. Um, but if 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 you don't believe he's going to be the best player, then uh, I'm not concerned about how ready these guys are. I'm I'm concerned about how good they're going to be eventually. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I think the, uh, the the issue for me in this is that, as we noted earlier, look, we can go back and look at drafts. And and look at and and see, man, you can see drafts where in the first round there are two players right. in that entire draft in the first round. You go back and look at the Dirk draft. Well, absolutely, and he's by far the best player in that draft, right. and it's not close. No, and so uh, th- that was the issue for the Mavericks. Is we we have we dogged them about the fact that they didn't draft and they traded away picks and all that kind of thing. But you know, for for the longest part of what you were just talking about, when they were really good, they didn't have good draft picks. You know, and uh, and it's not to say you can't get good players. You can get serviceable players in those spots. But the chances of you getting a guy who's going to be a star if he's not in the top ten uh, are really remote. Right. Uh, and so now they've gotten themselves really. Uh, this is pretty serendipitous for them. The fact that they were they bottomed out in an era when last year the draft was considered very good uh, and very deep, and this year the draft was considered very very good and very deep. That's that's really lucky for them to reach this point now. That they they had that was why it was so important for them to get into this lottery. And uh, and then of course they 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 got screwed in typical Maverick luck as far as the the ping pong balls. Uh, they could have had the third pick. They they had earned the third pick, and then they fell out to five. Right. So you know they they wouldn't have had to make that trade at all, and that would have been really tremendous. I I don't know what Sacramento's thinking taking Marvin Bagley. I you know I I don't get it. I think Marvin Bagley's a nice player, but uh, with with what everybody thinks about Doncic and about 
his abilities and what he can do with the ball. Uh, he's and that's the other thing. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think this is a guy. He's kind of got a. He's got a lot of different qualities that remind you of different people. He's not very athletic, uh, but boy, he really brings a lot of enthusiasm to the game. He's a great passer, and I, I, he's a good shooter now. I think he can be a better shooter. Uh, really creates a lot of things on the floor. He's not going to play much defense, and uh, and that's something they haven't fixed either. But you know, you're not going to get a perfect player. Uh, there's not going to be a guy that you're going to pick up who who answers all your problems. Uh, and and uh, and I'm like Eddie, and Eddie's absolutely right. Uh, you're just trying to acquire talent at this point. You you if it doesn't work out, if Dennis Smith and Luka Doncic don't work out, well then then you make a decision uh, at some point which guy would I rather have, and you and you trade that guy. You know, you, you do something else, and maybe you acquire other assets with that. That's not something they're going to decide overnight. That's not something they're going to decide over a couple of years probably. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how it works out. But, but acquiring talent, accumulating talent, that was the thing. Because this was not a very talented roster before last year, um, and uh, certainly not athletically. And, and Dennis Smith upgraded that quite a bit, and now Doncic has uh, upgraded that once again. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Are you done now? Yeah. I'm you said everything done. you want. Everything you want to say about this uh, this NBA stuff. Evan, I think you should not be telling our our faithful and loyal listeners. You know, I'm not really an NBA fan, but here's our NBA podcast. You shouldn't be saying that kind of stuff. I love. No, no, no. I I say it as as not a very intelligent NBA fan. Well, you could say that about everything. Fill in the blank. Not a very intelligent blank fan. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. That's good. Another good one. Kevin. Okay. So anyway, that's our that's our Mavs podcast draft free agency. We answered all your questions. I'm sure you don't have any more after listening to this. Um, other than how do Evan and I uh, remain employed. Uh, but we appreciate you coming in and spending a little time with us. Uh, and we're going to also have a Rangers podcast. Who's our Rangers guest today, Evan? Uh, nobody. It's just me and my knowledge. <laughs> you and your knowledge. I like it. So from everybody in here to everybody out there, thanks and so long.